Well, good morning, church. How are you? Oh, good. We're glad you're here. And uh, wow, Easter came and went. Boy, that was quick, right? Um, it was, uh, if you didn't realize, uh, Easter was last week. <laughs> and um, we, it was busy around here. So we had our Good Friday service, which uh, we had, I think, a few hundred people come out to, to that. And it was... Um, it, it, the Good Friday service for me might be one of the favorite things that we do as a church because um, it, it's so different than maybe a, kind of a service maybe you're used to or, or at least the, the atmosphere feels different because we're not talking about, you know, like ha- having fun and jokes and, and uh, lighthearted. It's like, okay, hold on. Good Friday is a funeral. Every year when you come to Good Friday, when you think, I'm attending God's funeral, right? And, and so it was, it, was, uh, it was amazing this last, um, this last Friday, the worship, just, it just felt like, it just felt different. So if you made it out to that, thanks for coming. If you didn't, next year, we will have another funeral for you to attend. And, uh, and then we had our Easter jam, which was our family thing and, and, and family event for, uh, for everyone really. And, and it was great. I mean, there were, uh, it was... It was wonderful seeing how many families were out and having a good time and smashing Easter chocolate Easter bunnies and then trying to put them back together uh, and then having an Easter egg like scavenger hunt outside afterwards. Um, it, was, it was wonderful. And then Sunday was Easter and three, we had three services and they were full and it was like, it, it, was, it just felt like, like, wow, God, you're doing something. Like there's like you're you're on the move again, and we're in the middle of a pandemic, or maybe maybe towards the end of the pandemic, hopefully. Um, but it, it feels like um, there's a sense in which okay, like things are starting to move, and, and God, like you're doing stuff, and 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 to be a part of that is is amazing. So we're glad you're here, and uh, and and thankful for uh, for all of you. Um, if you were a part of last week's. Uh, Easter experiences and events. And, and we're in our new series now called Tuned In. And um, before, we, before we get into it this morning, I wanna bring up this, because if you remember this, we've been talking about this for a little while now, this, this thing called the Red Letter Challenge. It's a 40-day devotional in which we go through each day a passage, and, and, and it's really the words of Jesus, hence the Red Letter Challenge. Because more than likely in your Bible, um, there are red letters and those red letters are, are when Jesus speaks. And so we're looking at the times in the scriptures where Jesus is speaking and we're gonna go through 40 days looking at this. So it begins, ready for this? Today. So if you have your book, maybe you got it like a month ago and you're like, okay, seriously, I have to wait. I have to wait. We have to wait, wait. You have to wait no longer, right? Today it begins. If you don't have yours yet, we actually got it. We ran out last week, but we got a whole bunch more so you can get yours in the lobby today before you go home so you don't get behind. And, and so here's what it's gonna look like. Each day you read um, that day's devotional and it's a devotional and then a scripture and then a challenge. The first week is a little different because it's, it's each day introduces the following week. So it's five different topics, five weeks of kind of studies and each one um, progressively builds on the other. And the first week, this week, each day is on one of those weeks. So it's almost like a preview for what you're going to start. So that begins today. So you aren't behind. Here's the, this is the good news. If you're just hearing about this, you're not behind. Usually that's how things work. You hear about something, you're like, oh, we started that two weeks ago. Oh man, okay. 
Today, you are on, so all of you, this is like starting day one in school, you all have 100%, right? You have, there is yet to be any homework you didn't turn in yet. So um, if you want to get started on that, you can do that in the lobby um, and register for your book. We have kids' versions as well. And then today, so if that's you and you're like, I'm in, I got my book, okay, today, you read day one, all right? When you go home, I did it this morning, it didn't take long at all. Read day one, and then tomorrow... Day two, good, good. You read day two. Okay, so, and then we'll go through that for 40 days. It's gonna be really uh, I'm, something I'm looking forward to. Uh, so uh, this morning we're, we're starting a series called Tuned In, How to Hear from God. And we're looking at, okay, the ways that God speaks to us and, and how we can sort of orient ourselves to listen, right? And so we're using this, this theme of even like a radio and, and here's, here's, uh, radio, if you guys, do you guys know what this is? You've seen one of these before, right? And, and the way it works is... Uh, oh, did you know it really works, right? And, and so if you, if you ever use one of these, like in our car, it's not, it's all digital now, but, but you, you tune, you try to find a station, but if you get... Oh, no, it's terrible, right? And eventually you get to a point where, oh, this is what I want to hear, or I don't want to hear, and I move on and find the next one. But here's the thing. With our faith, with listening to God, it's, it's much like this. That we say, I just want to know what God has to say. I want to, you know, God, like, where is, why is he so quiet? Why, I've never really heard from God. I don't understand. It could be that you're between stations and you just hear static. And you're saying, God's not speaking to me. And he's saying, oh no, just, just tune in, just, just shift a little bit. Just shift a little bit. And I'm coming through loud and clear, I promise. I'm speaking to you. I, listen, God is intimately at work in your life, whether you believe it or not. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> whether you want him to. Listen, the, 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 the most staunch atheist, the most... The most uh, um, uh, outspoken critic of Christianity, of Jesus, of Scripture, God's working in that person's life. They may hate that, but he's working in their life. And God is working and speaking into your life. The, our job, our role then is to get to, to a, a, a posture where we say, I'm tuned in. I want to hear what you have to say. So this morning, we're looking at one of the ways, probably the biggest way that we tune in, that we tune our dial, our radio station, to, to hear from God. And we're talking specifically about this book, the Bible, the scriptures. This is, this is perhaps the thing that gets me fired up the most, the most excited, um, and I'm going to share why here in a second, but this this is the key to unlocking everything that you want in your spiritual life from God. This is it. This is it. So I, I want to just, um, as you can imagine, over the you know, hundreds and thousands of years that the Bible has been in existence, both the Old Testament and then uh, 2,000 years ago, the New Testament was kind of finished and compiled and then put together, and we have what we call the Bible. And there's been countless people who have commented and written about it. Um, you, could, you, could, uh, you could turn to 
any page in scripture, just any page. And there have been thousands of pages written about that page. I mean, there have been thousands of books written about that page. Find a page. You can find almost unlimited resources specifically about this page or even this passage or maybe even this verse. That's how influential the Bible is, has been, and will continue to be. And so throughout the ages, people have written about scripture. Uh, I, I found, a, a, I saw a couple of quotes from Charles Spurgeon. I think we talked about him last week, actually. And uh, so he's getting a lot of press. Uh, well done, sir. Um, he, is, uh, he has since passed on, but he is, he is deemed as probably the greatest American preacher of all time. And here's what he says specifically. Nobody ever outgrows scripture. The book widens and deepens with our years. If you've been reading scripture for a while, you know that to be true. I mean, when you first open it and you read it and you kind of give it, you know, you're reading the gospels, you're like, I understand this. Oh, that makes sense. I get that. And then you move on and then, and then you can, it can almost feel like other books where I've read that part. I want to skip to a part I haven't read. But as you get older and as you read this more, you realize I've read this, but there's so much more in here that I didn't get. There's so much I missed. I just skipped over. And so you start reading more intently. And then, and then what happens is you realize this is what happened for me. I realized the Bible wasn't written in English. Did you know that? The Bible is written in two primary languages, technically three languages. There's a few sections that are written in Aramaic, but it's mostly Hebrew in the Old Testament and Greek in the New Testament. So then you realize, okay, I'm reading a translation. Maybe you knew this. The actual Bible is in another language. And if I want to understand it, I need to figure out that language. I need to look at Greek and study that. And all of a sudden it's like a, a whole nother level of meaning and understanding that I just simply wouldn't have known, I wouldn't have seen that had I not understood that there's a depth to this. Spurgeon says this, that, that you never outgrow it. You never get to a point where you, where you say, and done, I've got it all. I've, I've figured it out. He also says this, this is, this is great. A Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. <laughs> isn't that great? I love seeing Bibles that are like taped together and like there's, you know, portions missing. I had, I had a Bible like that a while ago. This one's starting to come apart. I, this is my, I just use this for preaching and it started to come apart, which is a good sign. Um, but I, I love seeing Bibles that are like, man, you, that thing still works. And they're like, okay, careful. A few, a few pages have come out, but I've taped them back in. Um, and, and like duct tape binding. I had a Bible like that once that, that I remember it was starting to come apart. And I'm like, well, I can get a new one, but this one's perfectly fine. I'll just tape it. So I'm getting it all nice and neat. And I'm showing my wife and I'm like, hey, look at this. She goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm fixing it, right? She's like, that's embarrassing. I go, no, this is a badge of honor. <laughs> this, I, I, like, I never want like perfect Bible. Like, all right, guys, this looks like I've never used it because I haven't. <laughs> no, right? A Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. N.T. Wright, another uh, current-day theologian and scholar, he says this, the Bible is the book of my life. It's the book I live with, the book I live by, 
the book I want to die by. <laughs> it is everything, right? Soren Kierkegaard, uh, a theologian and philosopher, uh, famously, um, he says this, the Bible is very easy to understand. But we Christians, this is great, are a bunch of scheming swindlers. <laughs> we pretend to be unable to understand it because we know very well that the minute we understand it, we are obliged to act accordingly. <laughs> Ooh, that hurts so good. <laughs> you kind of nailed it. Like, it's not that it's complicated when we read this and say, I just don't understand it. Okay, well, I think, I think you, you can, this isn't so hard. Like, the words used aren't so long that you don't understand what it's saying. What, he, what he's saying, what we know to be true is, if I start reading this, I can't plead ignorance. I can't say, well, I didn't know. All of a sudden now, I gotta start doing it. If I'm serious about this, I gotta actually start living this out. And it's easier to just say, well, all right, I'll just put it aside. <laughs> no harm, no foul. So I, I would like to tell you about getting my first Bible. Would you like to hear this story? So I don't know if you remember your first Bible. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home. So for me, uh, like the Bible, church, it was all so foreign. I mean, it was just non-existent, right? It wasn't even like a thought like, oh, it's Sunday, we should go to church. Like that wasn't even an option. It was just, we didn't even think about it. Didn't even know to ask the question, like, is there a church near me? I wasn't even, a, wasn't even a thought that would cross my mind. So I remember getting my first Bible. It was, um, if you remember the, the, um, the Bibles that uh, it was like a fake leather, almost like a plastic. Mine was maroon, great. And I remember getting it because I went to, um, uh, I went to a Bible club that was held by a friend and, uh, and, and they said, do you have a Bible? And I said, no, I don't. And they just said, here you go. Gave it to me, right? I'm like, wow. I've heard, you know, people say like the Bible and stuff. I have no idea what's in it. I couldn't tell you what was in it. I didn't own one. I had never opened one. I had never read one. Um, it was the King James Version, which I didn't even know there were other versions. I'm just like, okay, well, that's, this is just what it is. And, and so I, I got this and I knew it was what everyone talked about. But I, prior to getting my first Bible, I had no clue what was in it. No clue. You can ask me who wrote the Bible, I have no idea. Probably Jesus. And here's the thing, listen. I grew up in America. I, I grew up in, it was the state of, state of California, it still is the state of California. As, to the best of my knowledge, I believe California is still a part of America for now. And I had family members who were Christians who went to church. And they would talk occasionally. I'd overhear something about they went to church and, and the pastor was talking about some passage from the Bible. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's so foreign to me. So when I, got, when I got my first Bible, every time, think about this. I want you to seriously think about this. Every time I read a verse, it was the first time I ever saw it. Every time, eventually, I would start going to church, every time the pastor would get up and preach on a topic or a subject or, or he'd open the Bible and read a verse, that's the first time I've heard of that. 
You probably maybe don't have that experience. If you grew up in church, maybe that's hard to like think about because you, from, from your earliest memories, you were maybe in Sunday school hearing about the Bible, reading the Bible. People were telling you stories about the Bible. So by the time you get older to, to kind of realize that I can do this on my own, you, you've, you've had a lot of interaction with it. For me, they read John 3.16. I'm like, hey, that's pretty good. You guys, do you guys know that? You heard this verse before? You guys should read this one. For me, it was brand new. I've never heard this before. So when I got my Bible, uh, it took me a few days, but I started, I started reading it. And, and I had no idea what was in it. I just thought it was probably a bunch of advice. In my mind, I didn't know what Proverbs were, but I, but I thought this entire thing was probably just like a bunch of wisdom quotes. Like just, here's what you should do. Here's how you should live. I had no idea that it's actually history. It's actually like events. It blew my mind when I started reading this going, wait, this is like a documentary. Do you guys know that? Do you guys know what's in this, right? So I started reading this. And, and, um, and, and my, um, this family that, that uh, got me the Bible, they said, here's what you should do. I'm like, what do I, how do I start? And they said, here's what you do. Get a highlighter and just start marking things that stand out to you, right? Just, just if it's like, oh, that's interesting, highlight it so that, you know, one day you can come back to it and be like, oh, wow, yeah, I want to focus on this verse because they're like, there's a lot of good stuff in there. I'm like, okay, that, that's fine. I, like, that's how you read a book. So I, I, I get my book, I get in my Bible, I get in my bedroom and I start reading this thing. I got my highlighter in hand. I'm like, all right, it's a book. Here's how you start it. Page one, here we go. I'm gonna go through the whole thing, right? I had no idea you could like start wherever you wanted. That was like, that, that's not how you read a book. And so I start Genesis chapter one. I got my highlighter and I'm, I'm doing this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the... Ooh, whoa, that's pretty good. It's got, a, it's got a Star Wars feel to it, right? In the beginning, right? Far, far away, like... All right, I'm gonna highlight that. That's pretty good, right? And then I, I keep going. I'm like, God said, let there be light. And there was... Whoa, he just spoken. All right, I'm gonna highlight that. That's pretty good, right? Day one, and then keeps going, and there was a, an expanse between the waters. What do you mean waters? God made this expanse, separate the water from above and the water below, and this, this expanse God called the sky. That's what the sky is? Highlight that. <laughs> so I started going through this. I get to the point I'm, I'm going through all seven days, and I'm like, every day's incredible. God does something like, did you know? Every day he did something. Highlight, highlight, highlight. I'm turning the page. I'm like, if the whole thing's like this, this is awesome. And I go through and then I get to Adam and Eve and I'm like, wow, God made people out of like dirt and like the wife out of a rib, like highlight that, highlight it. That's, that stands out to me. And then I get to chapter three and, and, and I read about the serpent. I'm like, ooh, okay, plot thickens. And then I, I read about the first sin and, and what I would later find out to be called the fall. And, and oh man, I mean, I feel kind of bad, but I'm gonna need more highlighters like this, highlight this. So my first Bible, the first three chapters are all yellow. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like I highlighted nothing. I just colored it in. I just made yellow pages because everything was so incredible. And it was, listen, yeah, it's probably hard to understand this. It was the first time I'd heard it. The first time. 
and I had been alive for years and years in America, a Christian nation, right? And I had no clue. I had no clue. And I'm going through this, and I, and I, and I start to, to realize, like, like, this is a different kind of book. I, I, now, I still wasn't a Christian. I'm just reading this. I still don't go to church. I'm just opening this, trying to, trying to understand, like, okay, I have a Bible here for the first time. I just want to know what it says. And I realized right away, this is different than any book I've read. It feels, it feels old, but it feels like, like this was written for today. It feels like, okay, I don't know who wrote these things because like they don't say like their name. Like usually it's like in the author, you know, and, and you know, dedication, you know, to my loving wife and my neighbors or whatever. And, 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 but there's none of that. It just starts like, oh, did I miss the author part? Genesis, no, Ulta. Okay, maybe it's at the end. He'll tell me who wrote it. Oh no, it's not at the end. Who wrote this thing? I have no idea. I have no idea who wrote this book but it feels like they wrote it to me. It feels like I'm reading this and they have me in their mind. I'm still not a Christian. It would, take a, it would be a few more years before I actually decided to place my faith in Jesus. And, and then I started going to church and it was all new. And, and I think I've shared this before, but imagine maybe, if you will, if, if, if you have this experience of coming to church, maybe when you're older and you didn't grow up in church, you probably can relate to this. If you've grown up in church, this is probably like, I've never thought about this like that before. I go to church and I remember the first time and, uh, and it's full, we got there a little late because that's, right, that's what you do. You come a little late because things get in the way, you're getting dressed and whatever, the kids, what, and, and so I get to church and I'm, I'm with my friend because she had invited me and I'm like, I don't know, sure. And, and so we go and it's full and the only seats are, that are available are just like today, right here, <laughs> front row, right? So we go and we sit down and I'm like, okay, great. We sit down and it's about to start. So I'm like, okay, the lights get dim. I'm like, ooh, it's like a, is it a movie? Like, cool, all right. Is there popcorn? No, but there will be food later. So it starts and everyone stands up. I'm like, oh, this, we're doing this? Okay, we stand up. And then a band comes out. They start cheering and stuff. And then they start going for it and singing and going, like going for it. Like, what are you guys doing right now? This is church. You're supposed to like, I don't know, not do this. And then everyone starts singing, like all of you people. You, you like weirdos start singing. And then some of you start raising your hands and I'm like, what did you bring me to? What is this? This isn't how you do church. And then we keep doing song and song and they know all the words. And I'm like, I have no clue what any of this is, but like, they sound good, like, cool. And then everyone claps and I'm like, oh, yeah, good job. Yep, yep, ego boost, good job. And then everyone sits down. I'm like, all right, sit down. And the pastor comes out and he starts sharing and, and telling me about the Bible and reading scripture. And again, the first time I'm hearing this, like, wow, I've never heard that. And he starts explaining things. I'm like, I've never heard that. I've never heard that. That makes total sense. I've never heard that. And then we do communion. And I'm like, all right, we're time to go. I'm like, oh, no, no, we're going to do communion. What? What does that mean? Well, you're going to get a very small snack and a very small drink to wash it down. <laughs> all right. 
I guess we're doing this, right? And, and I remember who I came with. She goes, hey, just, just go ahead and let it pass if you're uncomfortable. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm kind of hungry. Like, I don't mind. <laughs> so I'm like, can I take, I said, can I take a few? Like, these are small. <laughs> no, just take one. Like, who's, I, I'm literally thinking this, right? Who's deciding on the portion sizes? <laughs> like, who's in the kitchen saying, you know what? I bet we can cut that in half again. <laughs> we can keep cutting it in half. And I go home and they, and they, they ask me, what'd you think? Like we're all driving home because they, they brought me. You know what? I didn't understand any of it. I liked it. Like, like you want to come back? And I, and I imagine now, like they've been praying for me for years. I imagine now, um, and I talked with them later because we became good friends in the family and, 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 uh, and, and the grandfather of that, of that family became like my grandpa and like I got into small group and then he became one of my small group leaders when I got into ministry. It was like, it's just a, it's an amazing like full circle story. But I remember them, them just being like, so what'd you think? And, I'm, and I, I'm sure in that moment, they're like, we've been praying for years for this moment to see if he enjoyed it and if he's gonna come back. And, and, I, and I, I remember this. I distinctly remember um, we're driving and I remember, uh, I remember dad because we're uh, older in high school. I remember him just casual, but just looking in the mirror like, here we go. What's he gonna say? I'm like, all right, you're staring at me. It's kind of weird. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of like that. You want to come back? Yeah, I think so. Same, I mean, it's every Sunday, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that was it take me home and, and I, remember, I imagine that they were like awesome right high five in all excited and I'm just like I don't know it was weird it's church but you know I like the guy that when he when he spoke like made sense so I started going back I started going to church more and more and more and then they re- and then they told me hey you have a bible I'm like yeah you guys gave me the bible a few years ago oh yeah that's right you know what you should probably should get a different one what, what version do you have I'm like I don't know it says like king on the side or something i'm like oh that's kind of a cool one they're all king james i'm like yeah they're all we'll get you a new one <laughs> what do you mean what do you mean a new one like well one with language easier to read all right i could do that so i get a new bible and it was like okay where's my highlighter i'll start over <laughs> and i started reading it and 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 i couldn't stop and i don't know if you've had this experience where where you're reading the scriptures and you realize like it's been two hours it's been two hours and I'm going strong and I'm like I like it's all new to me it's all fresh and I'm like man okay I read one of the gospels there's three more awesome I can't wait to start them right and then there's letters after that from this guy named Paul who had the name Saul who like I guess you change your name when you become a Christian like I wonder what my new name's gonna be <laughs> And then I, I came, I had a discovery and a realization and, um, and this wasn't so great. As I began to attend church and read my Bible more and, and dive, dive in fully, I realized that, that other Christians don't. I was honestly shocked. I was shocked that other Christians that I went to church with didn't read the Bible like I did. And I was shocked when they would say, oh, I've heard this before. Oh, I know that story. Like, like their only job was to, to read it, to remember it, and then move on. 
And I'm, I'm thinking, you guys, you've, you've had this your whole life and you haven't read it? Like, I've been a Christian like weeks, a few months, and I'm like halfway done. What do you mean you, you don't read it? Well, you know, I've, I've, I've read it all before. So that's it? You just shelf it when you're done? You read it one time, right? Like, like a Harry Potter book? You read it? You're done, right? Oh, I enjoyed that. Okay. I think, I mean, nothing against Harry Potter. Maybe you do, maybe whatever, but like, I think this is different than that. I think this is on a different level than any novel, any popular novel. Like, this is different than that. This isn't a read it, remember the, hear the stories and, and then move on. I was, I was like, I remember sharing with my friend, I'm like, I don't understand why Christians don't read this thing. I don't, I, I, like, I don't get it. You have God, like the words of God. And it's like, ah, I'll get to that later. Get to it later. Are there possibly any more important words that exist on paper than this? It didn't seem, they didn't seem to get excited about the Bible like I did. And it shocked me. Because church, listen, this book, as, as common as it may be for you, as familiar as it may be to you that you've, you, you've read this maybe a number of times through and you get to a passage, you're like, oh yeah, I've, I've read that, I remember that. As familiar as it may be, any page you turn to, this still has the power to change your life. This can transform you. And that's not some like really nice saying, like you come to church and we're supposed to say that. No, no, no. I'm telling you, this thing changes who you are. But it doesn't change who you are because you own it. it changes who you are because you interact with it you open it because you read it because you you want to know what it says you want to know what it means this can change your life so what is the bible and how should we view it because these words are literally the words of god how then should we interact with it so Let's look at the scriptures, what the scriptures say about themselves. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us specifically what, how we should view the scriptures. It says this, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. We could do a whole study on that verse alone, on, on what the Bible is used for. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This, this is God's word, and it, and it serves almost as a training manual. Here's how you should live. Here's what righteousness looks like. Here's, here's, here's how you, are, you should be trained and equipped for every good work. We see in this passage that, that all scripture, all of it, every word in here is God-breathed or, or we maybe say inspired, that, that God literally directs the writing of this. But he does so through people. This is what's incredible. 
It's not like some, uh, you know, like they discovered some already written book and it's, you know, some hand in the sky comes and writes this thing and then and there it is. No, 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 no. These were humans, people from all different areas of life, all walks of life, all different cultures of life, different time periods. And they're writing down what God is, is inspiring and speaking to them for us. Here's what else we see. Second Peter he writes this. This is incredible. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. That the, the prophet, the guys who were writing this, now remember at this time, they only had the Old Testament. They're literally writing the New Testament. So they have the Old Testament, which is the law and the prophets. When they wrote these down, this wasn't their own version of things. For prophecy never had its, own, had its origin in, a, in the human will, but prophets... Look at this. Though human spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. What we see is that this Holy Spirit inspires these people to write these things down. And he says, though they're human. And, and when you read this, it's very human. This is Paul writing. And, and even the styles in which they write is very different. Just like we could all ask us to write down, you know, a few pages of what it means to be a Christian and we would have very different writing styles. This is very different writing styles. But all of it is inspired by the Holy Spirit, by God himself. They didn't always understand what they were writing down, but everything that they wrote down, and listen, you and I, we are so privileged and so blessed to have a completed Bible. Throughout history, throughout time, most of the Christians, like early century, they didn't have any of this. They had the teachings that they would get from maybe an apostle or, or maybe a disciple of an apostle, and that's it. Bibles were very expensive, right? You, there was no printer. So you, the only way you got one is if it, someone hand wrote all of it, which was very costly. You and I, I I'm gonna guess, you have more than one copy of this. You probably have more than two copies of this. You probably have a dozen Bibles. If you have a Bible app in your phone, you, you've got a hundred Bibles. <laughs> you have so many copies of this that it's almost like, ah, uh, I'll get to that later. It's almost lost its, its, its sense of authority and probably like, oh, it's the Bible. Hold on. I want to make sure we're careful with this. If you go to China today, they don't really have a lot of Bibles. Like it's illegal, right? So when they have a Bible, it isn't a, oh, okay, well, yeah, what is it? Oh, it's not the version I like. No. The words are kind of small. I mean, for, it doesn't matter what it is. They're just, this is the Bible. Okay. I'm literally going to, I'm probably going to sleep with it because I don't want to let it out of my sight. It's that important. Here's what else we see. You and I, this is, this is, this I've read, I've studied, I understand, but it's still, it's, it's hard for me to fathom what this, how this happens. First Peter chapter one, he says this, concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest of care. The Old Testament prophets wanted to know, what is God doing? How is it, what's his plan? How is this all gonna work out? 
trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. Jesus, they're trying to find out what is this Messiah going to be like? How do we know when he's here? And it's predicting these, these sufferings, like how is this all going to work out? And intently trying to decipher how, how does it all, God, how does your plan make sense? Like how does it all work out? Then it says this, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. When they spoke of the things that have now been told to you by those that have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from God. Peter is saying, listen, everything that they wrote wasn't even for them. It was for you. That all of it was leading up to Jesus. And now that we understand and know what happened with Jesus, we look back and he says, all of it was written so that you, it was written for you, not for them. They, let, they died not fully understanding how this would all work out, but you, you do. And they wrote this for you, for you, for me, for us. Like this is written for us. And then this is the part I don't, I don't fully understand. I don't know how this works, but it is an incredible statement that Peter makes. He says this, even angels long to look into these things. Listen, angels, whatever you believe about angels, the Bible clearly believes in angels. Jesus talked about, and at a moment's notice, he could have a, have a legion of angels show up. Like angel, if you believe this, then you believe in angels these spiritual beings, these messengers. Peter says that these, these angelic beings, these great supernatural beings are actually studying the scriptures. <sighs> They're actually studying the plans and the will and the process that God is playing out on earth. That angels want to know what you and I know. That's good. Wow. So here's what we can say. We know that Peter says that angels look to gaze into these. Here it is. Ready? Every time I read scripture, I should remind myself that God wants to speak to me. Every time. Every time you see scripture, God wants to speak to you. Every time. When you're scrolling on Facebook and someone posted a verse of the day, Stop. God, are you trying to tell me something? I mean, this is just them, right? Posting a verse that means something to them, but, but this came across my, my view. Are you trying to tell me something? When you come to church and you're listening to the pastor and, and he's talking about a certain topic or a passage or reads a certain verse, all right, Lord, your scripture again. Are you trying to speak to me through this? This posture of, all right, God, when I read scripture, are you trying to speak to me? The Bible is not ink on dead trees. It's, it's not a history book. It's not a time capsule. It is a living, breathing word of God. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 says this, the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And then look at this. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. This is not just some book you read and try to understand. It is alive. 
There was a church study on spiritual growth that was done a number of years ago, a few years ago now, and it's thousands of people over hundreds of churches. Um, and, and they wanted to find out, okay, what is it that, that allows certain people to grow spiritually and, and what like stops others? Like, what is it, like, how can we quantify, so to speak, the, the thing that would give us the best chance to grow in our faith? And they discovered that there are four categories of people. Those who are exploring Christ, who maybe weren't Christians, but were searching. Those um, that were growing in Christ, that they're new to faith, but they're growing in their relationship. Those that were close to Christ, who maybe mature in their faith, and they're like, okay, I'm, I've been following Jesus for a while. And then those who are Christ-centered, who would say, no, no, everything in my life is centered around Jesus. It isn't like I'm trying to grow my faith. Like, is my life. When Paul says to live as Christ and die as gain, that's me, that's it. All four of these, and, and, and people are in all different categories based on your faith journey. And then they realize that there are four movements. Like to, this is the categories, then to go from one to two, there's a movement here, right? To go to two from three and three, four. There's, there's something that has to happen that you kind of grow in your faith. And so they, they through studying thousands of people, they, re, they were able to categorize and find out, okay, here seems to be the five things in each of these movements that, that help people move and progress in their faith. Right, we could do a whole series on this study alone and the discoveries and what it means for us. But here's what they discovered. There's only one thing of all of these movements of, of growing in each, there's only one thing that was in common in all, th all three movements. You could probably guess what that is. Reflection and reading of the scriptures. That's the only one that showed up in all of the movements to grow whatever, wherever you are in your faith. That next step, it includes this. Wherever you are, it includes this. Whatever step you're on, this is a part of it. So here's what we see then. My interaction with scripture directly affects my interaction with God. How I view and interact with this Direct, has a direct reflection on how I view and interact with God. This is what he wrote. This is what I want to see. I want to understand. I want to read. So we could say this. This is the point then of today. If I want to hear from God, I need to read what he wrote. If I want to hear from God, I want to tune in, I need to read what he wrote. And there's two postures we could say with regard to the scriptures. First one is this. You submit to the Bible's authority over your life and you believe what it says. I say, you know what? Bible says it. I believe it. That settles it. You've heard that before? It's a, it's a great saying that I, I hate saying. I don't even know why I said it right now. <laughs> but there's a sense in which it's, it's true. Yeah, no, no, this says it. So this is authoritative. And the second posture is this. You take authority of the Bible and decide what it means. A lot of people do that. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to decide, ah, uh, that's not really what he said, or I don't, that's not really what that means. It means this. I'm deciding now what it says. Ooh. If you're a posture two kind of person, it will limit your faith. It will limit your ability to grow. If you're a posture one kind of person, then you have to believe this. The Bible is God's word and is without error. You don't have to believe that to be a Christian. But to be a growing, faithful, strong Christian, you absolutely do. You can be a Christian without believing every single word of this. That's not what's essential for you to become a Christian. But if you want to be a growing disciple of Jesus, oh, then, then you better get to that point where you say this is it. And there's good reason. 
we don't have time for. The good reason to believe that, that this really is, at every word, historically, throughout time, that this really is God's word. You also have to believe this, that the Bible is all about Jesus. Every page points to Jesus somehow. Jesus even talks about this. He says, you search through the scriptures, you don't realize they're actually pointing to me. They're about me, all of it. So when you read this, when you read the Old Testament, I, I didn't know this. I start reading. I'm, I'm in Genesis chapter one. All of that is pointing eventually to Jesus. Get to chapter three, Jesus shows up. It, it, Jesus is everywhere. No, that's not enough. Here's the third thing. This is the last thing. The Bible was not written so that you would simply believe it. It's not God's goal. It's not what he wants. You just, I want you to believe this. No, no, no. It's not enough. It was written that you would be changed by it. That this would transform who you are. So, as we start this series, tuned in. If I want to hear from God, I need to read what he wrote. We're going to worship here in a, in a second, and so I want to invite you to stand, and I want to encourage you to, if you don't know where to start, this is a great option to say, all right, bite size, just a few minutes every day to get me into this, because this can be overwhelming. Just get this. Start day one. Go through each point. If, if you're ready to, to, for something further, here's, here's the best way that I found to read the scriptures. Pick a book, start at the beginning, and just read it. That's it. And read it. Here's what I do. You read it. I hope this will change your life. You read until you feel God spoke to you. Don't read chapter by chapter. I mean, you read chap each chapter. Don't like skip around. But don't stop because you finished the chapter. You marked it off. You read until you feel like, God, I think you wrote that for me. There are times where I'm reading scripture. I read the first verse and that's it. I'm done for the day. He just hit me. Whoa. That's what I'm supposed to know today. God, you just spoke to me. Then there are times where I'm chapter and chapter and chapter. All right, God, like I'm praying, listening, but speak to me. So, my encouragement today, start reading the scripture. And you read until you feel like I just tuned in. I feel like God wanted me to read this very thing. Would you stand with us as we worship? Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would use it to transform who we are. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.